I have a lot of OCD. I'm an engineer, so you yeah, know I've yeah. got all my spreadsheets <laughs> and things like that. And, and, and during that for that race, I had every calorie calculated. I had little Ziploc bags, and it may have eight peanuts. And I calculated how many <laughs> calories eight peanuts would give me, um, and what a you know a half a drink of Gatorade and. And the plan worked perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I felt really good, but now I just run based on how I feel. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to episode 107 of the Run the Riot podcast. Well, before we get started, have you run today? If you haven't, when are you running? <laughs> what are you training for? Uh, hope you got some stuff in the pipeline. Hope you got some races on the calendar, something to push you, something to get you going. Um, hopefully this podcast will help you, get you some motivation. <laughs> well, today we've got uh, a great conversation with husband, father, engineer, and all-around good dude, Stephen Carr. Uh, Stephen started running to regain his health when uh, life got busy, and uh, he had he neglected his health a little bit, and his wife pointed it out. Well, since then, he's run Boston and quite a few 100-mile races, including Badwater 135, which uh, he placed 5th male and 7th overall, and then he got to do the Spartathlon 246K in Greece. Pretty awesome. We get to talk about those races and others and uh, how uh, Stephen and I met doing the Arkansas Traveler 100 in 2017. Cool thing, he's done all these races. Uh, the crazy thing is that he's he's done it on relatively low mileage. Um, and at 54 years old, man, it's working for him, man. He's been crushing it. He's got some really great times. And, uh, anyway, you'll enjoy this conversation, but before we get started real quick, um, have you checked out the outlaw race series yet? Yeah. If, if not, you, you need to check it out. All right. So first of all, the, one of the races I want to point out is the flat rock, um, race in independence, Kansas. All right. So, uh, they're going to do a fall running festival and man, the distances for it, uh, it's, they're adding a 101 mile to it. So how cool is that? 101 mile. Um, but they've also got 101 K 50 K 25 K, uh, and even a 12 K. So like the whole family can go out and do something. It's a cool trail. Um, I did the 50 K last year and man had a blast. It was a great trail. And you know, this one, this year it's on September 24th and that just happens to be my birthday. Yeah. I might, uh, I might have a birthday run out there. Uh, Jeremy, if you're listening, I might be calling you to sign me up for the 101 miler. Maybe, maybe, maybe 101K, maybe 101 miler. We'll see for my birthday. Um, anyway, um, uh, great trail, and I think you'll have a blast. Um, everybody at the Outlaw Race Series uh, who puts it on, Jeremy, Alicia, man, they do a great job. All the people who volunteer out, it's just a great vibe. Uh, you'll love it. Check it out. Uh, also, with the Outlaw Race Series, um, uh, the Lake McMurtry Run in Stillwater, uh, the new Greater Roadrunner Trail Run at Roman Nose State Park in Watonga, Oklahoma. Um, that one uh, is right now. There are four, six, and twelve milers there. Uh, Flower Moon in Pawhuska in May. I'll be doing the fifty mile there. Um, Dark and Dirty in Wilburton in July. The Thunderbird in Norman in November, and of course the Outlaw One Hundred 
in February from distances from 135 miles all the way down to 5K. Check it out. Go to www.outlaw100.com. And we are also brought to you by Pure Tiva. Listen, recovery is important. And uh, Pure Tiva has uh, CBD recovery products that work. All right. I don't know all the science behind them. They've got a bioavailable delivery system that works really well. These things are made in the USA. I, I take their Tiva tabs every night uh, and I wake up feeling more rested. And so uh, they've also got a roll on with broad spectrum CBD, a uh, hundred thousand milligrams in it uh, works really well on when you have little areas that are giving you trouble. And then there's also a cream that has helped me when I've pulled muscles to recover quickly. Uh, go to Tiva, T-I-V-A dot Terrio dot run uh, and check it out. Look and see. Uh, so Tiva dot dot run to check out those products. And we're also brought to you by the Full Moon 50K, which also has a 25K. And this year will also have a 50 mile. And I don't know if it's sold out yet, but uh, I think it was getting close. I'll be there definitely for the 50K. Not sure about the 50 mile. Yeah. Anyway, that is Saturday, July 16th through the 17th. Uh, and listen, if you use the code RTR2021, that RTR stands for Run the Riot 2021, you get 10% off. So go to fullmoon50k.com and uh, put in the code RTR2021, 10% off. That's cool. Proceeds from the race as well as all donations will go to the Arkansas Ultra Running Cross Country Fund and the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund. Arkansas Ultra Running Cross Country Fund goes to help cross country teams uh, in areas with a high concentration of low income students and the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund benefits the Arkansas chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And uh, we are also brought to you by Exoskin. Man, great products also made in the USA. Uh, if I'm running a, a trail race, I've got exo toes on my feet. They keep my feet happy. I run 100 miles with multiple stream crossings at the Love It 100, and I had one pair of shoes and one pair of exo toes on my feet. Never had to change them, and my feet stayed happy. They also make regular socks if the toe socks creep you out. They have calf sleeves, arm sleeves, shorts, tight shirts, all the things, uh, and even exo underwear to keep you chafe free. Go to www.exoskin.us and use the code, all one word, Run the Riot. Uh, for a discount and they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee you don't like it send it back get your money back within 30 days and last but certainly not least runner's world tulsa um, if you're anywhere in the area around tulsa go to runner's world tulsa man great people um love those guys uh, they're in, so involved in the ultra running community. They don't just just sell the thing. They do the thing. All right. Um, <laughs> Kathy and Barbara are out at the races, running them, helping, putting them on. Um, and so they, they, they've got so much experience. They know so much about racing and, and running. And uh, even if you're just running and not racing, they, they can help you get the shoes you need, uh, help you with the nutrition you need, the packs, the lights. Uh, man, they've got everything. And if they don't have it, they can get it for you. And so, uh, so man check them out if you're in the tulsa area if you're passing through stop by runners world tulsa uh, you can also go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com uh, for more information and uh, i think believe there's a tab on there to click on races and you can uh check the races that they put out put on put on something whatever just i can't talk today but <laughs> um but anyway check out runners world tulsa you'll love it so uh yeah i think that's all for now but uh hey let's enjoy a very fun visit with my friend, Stephen Carr.
All right. Today on the Run the Riot podcast, uh, we got a, a friend of mine who I met a while back and I just need to catch up with him. And he's been out there crushing it. Stephen Carr. Stephen, what's going on, man? Hey, David. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, it's a little cold here. So uh, I live in Huntsville, Alabama, and it was snowing earlier and I hate cold weather. But uh, so I'm indoors today trying to stay warm and uh, looking forward to the springtime. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're out here in, in Oklahoma. We uh, yeah, we got some snow. It's it's melting today, though, but it was icy last night. In fact, I sent a video to my parents. I walked out on the um, I walked down the, the walk and our doorbell caught me when I went to turn. And it was icy. So I did a little bit of break dancing, but I, I, stayed, I stayed on my feet. But uh, it was I, I was like, I bet you the camera caught that. And I found it and I, I shared it because you know, that's what I do. But uh, anyway, um, so, yeah. So you, you guys you are still pretty cold and snowy there. In Alabama? Well, today it has been. Of yeah. course, uh, I live in Huntsville, which is northern part of Alabama. Yeah. Um, we rarely get snow, but this is the second time we've gotten snow this season. Yeah. But uh, there's very little accumulation uh, yeah. at, at this point. But uh, we don't get snow that often. And, yeah. and I've got relatives that live in other parts of the country, including Kenosha, Wisconsin. So we compare temperatures and, and yeah. weather, and I, I just shake my head. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I consider below 80 degrees cold. So, uh, yes, I'm extremely cold-natured. <laughs> so, so you're saying you're not going to be signing up for the uh, Iditarod or Arrowhead 135 anytime soon, right? Not at all. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you how cold I am. I keep my vehicle in my garage and during the wintertime, I'll turn on the heat going into work and I'll wear gloves. And my car has been in the garage. <laughs> nice. So uh, luckily, my wife, Stephanie, is as cold natured as I am. But yeah, uh, yes, yeah. anything below 80 degrees, uh, I'm cold. <laughs> oh, man. OK, well, and, and so what we'll end up talking about is uh, some of the races you've gravitated towards. So, so with that, it's absolutely. To that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Man. So before we uh, so you're in Alabama, are you from Alabama? Are you are you from that area? Uh, I am. I grew up in a okay. little town called Oxford, Alabama, and I live in Huntsville. So my job took me here to Huntsville, which is only about two hours away. But uh, I've always lived in Alabama. Um, okay. But uh uh, I've traveled to other countries and uh, other place, places in the United States. And I, I really enjoy travel, but uh, I enjoy the climate here. Yeah, Alabama, Alabama's home. And, uh. <laughs> Except for the humidity. Now, the humidity is really bad during the summer. Yeah. But well, uh, you're talking to a dude from Louisiana, man. So I'm with you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so. Uh, I, I gotta ask this and, and, and I won't, I won't judge you and, uh, I won't think any less of you, but, but, uh, college football, are you a Bama fan? Absolutely not. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I said, I wouldn't judge you, but I think highly more highly of you now. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to say a war Eagle. So, uh, all right. Um, yeah. I graduated from Auburn university okay. and my oh. wife did too. We didn't know each other when we were in college. So I've got three kids. My three kids are all um, enrolled at Auburn at this point. And my wife's side of the family, they're all Auburn fans. But okay. uh, um, no, I, I have to say uh, War Eagle instead of Roll Tide. <laughs> well, you know, because I, I, in fact, I told somebody this week, we were talking about college football. And I, since I live in Oklahoma now, my wife's an OU fan. So I cheer, I cheer for LSU, OU, and whoever's playing against Alabama. That's my <laughs> 
that's, that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. If me and my friends uh, will listen to this podcast later, half of them will turn it off now since I've uh, disrespected uh, you know, uh, Alabama. <laughs> well, we talked about editing. I, I don't think I'm going to edit it out, though. I just, it's just <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, um, so, and I haven't been to, 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 I don't know, man, probably driven through Huntsville. I know, I know you guys have a lot of, a um, lot of hills and stuff out there. You know, it's not, it's not flat like South Louisiana and Oklahoma, right? That, that, that's true. What we do have, and I call them mountains here. Now, yeah, someone yeah. Okay. from out West would laugh at me. You know, those are mole hills, what you have, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I live at about 660 feet above sea level. And uh, uh, I guess there's some mountains near us and they go up to about 1500 feet. So I can get a little gain, you know, yeah. running repeats up and down. But uh, yeah, what I enjoy so much is going out my front door and running and getting in the woods and uh, running up and down the mountains. So we, we do have mountains here, but they're very, very small compared to other parts of the country. It's like those Alabama mountains. That's the, I mean, those um, uh, our Arkansas mountains. That's what, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you got you take what you can get, man, because, uh, you know, like I said, here in Oklahoma and Louisiana, we, we would love to have that. So that's good. <laughs> uh, so uh, so let's. Real quick before we get started, I want to I want to hear about how how you got started in running and all. But you and I met in I believe it was 2017, uh, right. doing Arkansas Traveler, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yes. And, and we I think man we shared a, a bunch of miles and ended up uh, like just just I don't know we'd run together and then like you'd run ahead and then we I'd catch catch you or meet at an aid station and I'd run ahead and. Um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it it was, we met in uh, 2017 and also, um, the following year we both did that race. So, um, that, that race is a a great race and it's basically the last race I do in the season because after that, I know winter is coming, so I can still stay warm in Arkansas in in October. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, in 2017 and 2018, we were very close and yeah um 2017 i couldn't chase you down uh, you oh, were flying so i i was you know I, I love you david but you know it's still a race i'm very competitive i could not catch you but uh i did get you in 2018 because you were getting nauseous <laughs> yeah yeah too, well I, I, yeah i, I haven't yeah i was a month out from tahoe 202 for 2018 oh. so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's not an excuse though. You were running, you ran well, you were running awesome and stuff, but yeah, I think the heat got to me a little bit and I had to just back off and my body was fried. <laughs> I, I completely understand, yeah. but that's a fun race. Yeah. It's a, it's a great race, man. And I, I, I love, um, uh, the Arkansas folks are just uh, amazing. There's a great, um, there's just a great group out there of people, uh, the ultra running community out there is, is fun and they're, they're kind of nutty and kooky and, and you know, yeah, what's that to love I, about that? <laughs> I, I've got some really fond memories uh, of both of those races right at the end in 2017. Um, probably about a half a mile before the finish, there was a runner had turned his headlamp off and he was trying to catch me at the end. And he was trying to sneak up on me. So I took off running. So I was able to hold him off. And then in 2018, the, the, uh, the previous, or, or the, yeah, the previous year, excuse me, uh, the following year, um, I was probably about a half a mile from the finish. And of course you're familiar with the course. You actually start yep. going up in elevation. 
Well, there was a car that passed me and I forgot what time it was in the morning, you know, two or three in the morning. And I was just walking. I was tired. And the car stopped and said, hey, um, there's a runner and a pacer just, you know, a couple of hundred yards in front of you. If you start running, you can pass him. And so here I am, been running for over 20 hours. I take off. I turn (laughs) off my headlamp and I probably get within 20 feet of him and his pacer and they hear me coming. And I don't know if it was the runner or the pacer. And I won't use the word they said, but from the movie <laughs> Christmas story, he just said, fudge. Yes. Run! <laughs> nice. So, so we're all three sprinting. I pass them and we're probably running a sub seven pace. And I, I let off a little bit and here they come again. And here we are the last hundred feet. We're going downhill. And I think I finished in front of him, maybe 15 or 20 feet, but that, that was fun. That, oh, that was man. fun. So very memorable. Well, that you know, here, here's what's funny is I know that runner. He's a friend of mine. That's Jake Bradley. In fact, I need to get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I have a story about in 2017 where uh, I was running and I came out. You know how you come out into the road. You just kind of come out and, the, the, you know, it's the last little bit. And I was feeling great. And somebody I didn't realize I knew her because it was dark. It was uh, it was it was a, um, a wife of one of my friends from Tulsa and said, hey, the way you're looking, there's a guy ahead of you who looks like garbage and I bet you can catch him. So I started sprinting, but I'm stupid. I didn't turn my headlamp off and I would have caught him, but I saw his pacers headlamp look back and then they both started bobbing because they took off <laughs> and I, uh, I ended up, I couldn't catch him. It was Daniel Arnold in 2017 who ended up winning in 2018. I almost caught him. So when I got to the finish line, he was laying down on his, just, uh, just half dead. <laughs> so man, anyway, he said, that was you. <laughs> oh man. I love it. I love that kind of finish, man. A, a, a oh, absolutely. Finish for a hundred miler. What's not? Yeah. Tomorrow? You know, you've heard that about NASCAR, you know, it can be a, a race of inches at the end and in same way with ultra running, you know, after a hundred miles, maybe a few inches or a few feet. Yeah. But well, that, who, that's why it keeps it fun. Oh man. And then, and then what, what blows my mind is you could be feeling like garbage, but somehow we, we can dig deep at the end like that and and run that last half a mile to try to win and like where do we find that you know it's there and we just didn't know it absolutely yeah oh man that's good stuff uh well before we get started on your on where, how you got started running what, tell everybody what you do okay I, i'm an aerospace engineer and i okay. work for the department of army specifically aviation and missile research and development so uh that's so I've, got cool. about, <laughs> I've got about 31 years um, nice. here in Huntsville. So Huntsville, um, it's uh, totally dependent upon the federal work dollar. So we have uh, a strong presence of uh, the FBI, uh, the Army, and also NASA. So Marshall Space Flight Center is here. So anyway, I, I enjoy what I, I, I do and my wife's family, uh, lot of engineers so yeah nice. uh, there are a lot of nerds like and, and geeks like myself in, in in huntsville so uh engineers in huntsville are like squirrels in alabama they're everywhere <laughs> well i was gonna say <laughs> you use the word nerd i was gonna say hey another a fellow nerd that likes to run ultra so i'm i'm, I'm right there with you brother 
Oh, I'm a big nerd. <laughs> I like it, man. So, uh, so needless to say, because you're on this podcast, I don't know, man, with all the clearances and stuff, we might get some, some government officials listening to make sure you don't spill any secrets, right? <laughs> <laughs> Won't spill any here. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we, we're not going to talk politics either. I don't want to get in trouble. So, <laughs> uh, well, uh, so let's talk about, oh, and before we even get started with that, I, w- I want you to share because, because we're going to share all the things that you've done. And we talked a little off the air, man. You've done some some awesome stuff. Uh, how old are you right now? I'm 54. All right. So you got me beat. <laughs> you got me beat. <laughs> so I just want to point that out. Um, so but but that's important because, uh, man, you're still out there crushing it. And I can't wait to, to share with everybody all the things you've been doing, man. So uh, so how'd you get started in this crazy sport? Well, for health reasons, um, okay. it, it's kind of interesting. Um I guess it was about 10 or 11 years ago. Um, my family, or, uh, the family had moved um, from a, a small town called Madison into Huntsville. Yeah. Um, very, very close. So I was remodeling an old house and I considered an old house in the 60s. So our house was built in 64. So anyway, I was spending a lot of time remodeling this house. My three kids were, were young I was working. My wife was working. I was traveling a little bit uh, with my job. So I was not getting any exercise. And I remember standing in the bathroom and um, my shirt was off and my wife poked me in the stomach and made the comment, oh, you're getting a little chubby. Oh, oh, it's like, oh, that's the worst (laughs) thing you could say. But I'm glad she said it. And I had my annual physical with the doctor and um my cholesterol was extremely high. So he said, Stephen, I need you to come back in six months and I'll probably put you on cholesterol medicine. Oh man. And I did not want to hear that. Yeah. And of course, up until then, I, I could eat anything. I, being from the South, everything was fried. Um, you, when my, <laughs> when my <laughs> wife and I, we were dating, I would have, you may not remember this, but I had a fry baby a bucket of grease on my kitchen oh, counter yeah. and, I, and I would fry, you know, in that grease, you know, French fries. And then I would eat uh, red meat hamburgers, you know, and that, <laughs> yeah. it, it, I would drink four to five Mountain Dews a day, you know, at 10 mm. o'clock at night, I could drink a, drink a Mountain Dew and I would fall asleep like a baby. Oh man! Well, it was catching up to me. So I was like, I need to make a lifestyle change. Yeah. Um, the easy decision is taking that pill, that cholesterol pill yeah. and not exercising. It's like, nope, I need to make a change. So what I did, I, I changed my diet and then I started exercising and I got into running. And, um, and what was so encouraging, the pounds started shedding off, my cholesterol dropped and it just really encouraged me. And one of the best compliments I received was from my daughter, Bailey, who was very young. Um, I had my shirt off and she said, Daddy, you've got a six pack. And I just thought that was wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. So um, when I did start running, I had a decent pace and I'd heard about the Boston Marathon, but I really didn't know that much about it. And it's like someone said, yeah, you might check into maybe qualifying for Boston. Well, I qualified for Boston. So anyway, that's how I got into running was initially for health reasons. 
And that's one of the primary reasons I still uh, run ultras now is, is, is for my health. And there are several other reasons I, I do it also, but initially it, it was for health. That, that's awesome. So I just need to point out that, you know, our wives can walk up and poke us in the belly and say, hey, you know, we're getting kind of pudgy or whatever. But if we did the same thing, we, we, we have a black eye, you know, I'm just pointing that out, you know, I'm just, just saying that. And, and my wife, luckily for me, um, she's always um, stayed in, in excellent shape. Yeah. So she's been an inspiration for me and uh, she cool. does Ironmans and triathlons. Nice. So she stays in shape. And so she's encouraged me uh, to continue doing what I enjoy. And so uh, we, we support each other. I so love I'm that. Very man. Appreciative. Power couple, man. Getting it. That's good. Uh, I like that. Uh, it, it, absolutely. It's helpful when you, when you have a spouse that it, uh, that understands that, um, that kind of lives, lives that life in a, in a, in a way too, you know, even though it's still endurance, it's still health. And, uh, you know, it might, it might not be ultras, but man, our man's a tough. So, you know, um, yeah. So that's, that's pretty awesome, man, that you guys are a team in the, in, in that, you know? Uh, absolutely. And, and, and one of the reasons I continue running, you know, as I mentioned for health reasons, I enjoy it, mm -hmm. but, um, several of my friends and acquaintances, they'll ask, well, why do you run? Why do you yeah. run that far? But I actually tell them running has just a little to do with it. Um, the people I have met when I started running, especially running the hundred milers, and that's primarily what I concentrate on are the hundred mile races are, are greater, but the people I have met are just wonderful. The friendships I've established, including yeah. ours and the quaint acquaintances and being around some of these elite runners, I'm not an elite runner, <laughs> but I enjoy being around people. Um, so making that, I say that simple decision not to take the cholesterol pill yeah, yeah. And, and get off the couch and start running and exercising and changing my diet. It has taken me on a path that's very enjoyable. So I, I try to use certain moments as teachable moments for my children. And I was speaking to my oldest son, Garrett, um, uh, just a few weeks ago, he was home from college and just telling him sometimes a decision is, is tough, but, um, don't be surprised where that that decision may take you. So the decision I made not to take that cholesterol pill has taken me on a path that's been uh, very enlightening and, and, and enjoyable. And, 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 you know, what we'll talk about in a bit, you've got to see lots of things you probably wouldn't have seen otherwise, you know, and experience things that, you know, that we get to experience out in the mountains or wherever that you just wouldn't see unless you're out there running 100 miles or more, you know. Uh, I, absolutely. Um, yeah. a, a, a friend of mine, um, and, and I have a better appreciation why certain people do certain things. I told Stephanie, if I ever wrote a, wrote a book, it would be, why do you, and you can substitute running with swimming, with biking, with walking, whatever you do. But I'm always fascinated why people have certain interests or hobbies and, um, it's not uncommon in, in this sport for people to suffer from different addictions. Mm -hmm. It may be to, um, uh, a drug addiction. Some people uh, suffer from um, depression. So I have a greater appreciation why certain people run these ultras. And a, and a friend of mine several years ago, after I got into running 100 milers, uh, he came into the room, he shut the door and he said, he asked, 
So, Stephen, what are you running from? And it kind of <laughs> took me back. It's like, I'm not running from anything. Well, he took that opportunity and he's a big runner and very, very athletic. And then he just shared to me, hey, I've been suffering from depression for years. And I got into running and swimming and biking because it's my therapy. So wow. anyway, I have a and I've, I've met other people that uh, run these hundred mile races um, that I understand why they run. Others don't know that, yeah. but I do. So yeah. um, I, I appreciate that. And it's very, very, um, I guess, special for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, um, yeah, a lot of people, they, they, you know, say, Hey, you're addicted to running. I was like, well, but what a beautiful addiction, you know, it's like, absolutely better than a lot of, a lot of other things, you know, but I have always said, I've I've got asked that a lot. What are you running from? I was like, I'm running to something (laughs) I'm running to, you know, to achieve I'm running for goals. I'm running to, you know, it's like, yeah. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so man, yeah. So you started, I mean, I love, I love that. I love hearing that. And then there's a lot of people who, who start the pro their process, you know, start running for, for health reasons. And, um, I love that too, you know, just, just people that decide to start. So you start, you get healthy, you start running. Did you start like just doing, you know, like some five K's and, you know, some other races and then build up to the, to the marathon and start doing, had you done some marathons, uh, you know, before you tried to qualify for Boston? I had done one marathon. Um, I believe I was 32. Um, I've got a brother-in-law who said it, who asked, Hey, Stephen, you want to run a marathon? It's like, okay. And I, <laughs> I like had it. no idea, you know, about a training plan pacing. Yeah. I had run maybe a few 10 K's, um, when I was in my twenties, Yeah, uh, not fast. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, so we ran the Walt Disney marathon and I actually did pretty good. Um, and uh, so that was my first marathon. So, um, then got married, family, life, job. So about 15 years later, that's when I made that lifestyle change. Yeah. And, um, I, I was able to qualify for Boston and, um, um, I, I think I, maybe ran one or two marathons before I ran my first Boston in 2012. Yeah. And I ran in 2014, the year before and after, um, the bombing. Yeah. But I ran probably, um, about eight marathons. I would, I'm not real fast, but, uh, I would say I, I tried to race those, um, um, as fast as I could. And, and it's, it's kind of interesting. One of the reasons I decided to start running uh, the 100 mile races was during my last Boston Marathon. It was 2014. But uh, 2012, I had my entire family there, uh, yeah. including my in laws and my uh, wife's stepsister and her family. So that was very special having them there to support me. But 2014, just uh, my wife and I uh, went there and I got halfway through the marathon and I was doing very well based on my goals. And I got almost, Hey, David, I'm a sensitive guy. So I could almost shed a tear at the halfway mark because I was thinking I have spent a lot of money getting here. I have spent a lot of time training and in this feeling, this wonderful feeling is half over with. Mm, And in 2014 was the year after the bombing. So they estimated there were over 1 million spectators 
along the course. And if anyone knows anything about Boston, it's a special race. You, you feel like a rock star while you're running that race. So at that point, halfway through Boston, 2014, I asked myself, how do I keep this feeling going? So uh, I I realized, well, I guess I just need to run longer races. So at that point I decided I'm going to run longer races to keep that feeling um, uh, going. That's awesome. Yeah. Boston, um, Boston is, is special. And I, you know, I tell anybody, you know, if you can, if, and, and you said you're, you said you're not that fast, but if you qualify for Boston, I mean, you got some kids, <laughs> you got some kids. Don't, yeah. You're being humble there. I'm trying to, I'm looking real quick. Uh, yeah. I ran it in 2015 and it was uh, totally wet and cold and, and everything else that year. But, uh, but I tell people you should try to run it if you can, you know, do it. Um, and, and I loved it. But I ended up when I qualified again, I, I decided I just I wanted to if I was going to spend the money and do all that, I wanted to just go run a long race somewhere in the mountains or something. <laughs> a- absolutely. And I was spending a lot of time focusing on speed and I yeah. was in my 40s. So I'm, I'm, I was probably 47 years old Yeah. Uh, then. So I, I'm running on asphalt, concrete. Um, um, I was injured, I think, about 30% of the time. Mm. I broke my third metatarsal. I would have shin splints. I'd have runner's knee. And, and it's like, this is crazy. And I realized I can shave off some more time from my marathon speed or my finish time, but I'm also getting older. So I'm going to get slower. Um, but once I made the decision to start running ultras, specifically the hundred mile races or greater, I've never been injured training. Once you slow it down, I've never been injured. However, my last race was a 24 hour race, a track race on a quarter mile (laughs) track. I actually started getting a hamstring tendonitis. So two weeks before the race, I just quit running. But before then, I and I've run 20 100 mile races and nice. I've never been injured before then once you slow things down. So, um, uh, yeah, I've been fairly injury free. That's that's pretty awesome. And, and I, you know, and one of the things I noticed too as I get older, and it's a shame I have to, I think you do, you're the same. I have to train on concrete quite a bit on asphalt or concrete. But um, it just beats you up, man. It's just my bones hurt, man. You know, like you go run a marathon and I'd, I'd rather run a 50 miler. I, I recover quicker from a 50 miler on dirt than a, than a marathon on on asphalt. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I like I, yeah, dirt's much, much friendlier. And like you said, you're not running as hard, you know. Um, so I, I'm going to ask, what, what, what was your since you don't run marathons anymore? What was your marathon PR, man? It was 2014 Boston. It really? was uh, three three fifteen. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I felt at good. Boston too, man. At Boston because Boston's not an easy course as far as marathons go. It, 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 correct, but yeah. uh, it, it what's so funny? Um, I wanted to run Boston again, and um, I, I had trained, and I was I was still getting injured. So I just made the decision, just run a very basic plan. And I, I ran very few miles training for trying to qualify for that Boston marathon, Yeah, including, I, I think I calculated like 45, 47% of my running was on a treadmill because I had broken my third metatarsal months earlier. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of pitiful, the training plan, but I had my PR and, and even now I'm a low mileage runner. 
I run twice a week. I cross train with swimming once a week and biking once a week, but uh, I'm, I'm a low mileage runner. It, it suits my body. Okay. Yeah. Cause we, we're going to have to unpack that. You, cause you, we, that was in my notes to talk about that, but that's, I definitely want to hear about that because as I'm um, progressing, I'm like, um, I, I'm coming, I'm coming from the, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't take days off. And, and so now like, like on Sundays now I'm taking off from, from working out or running, um, just nothing, you know, and, and I'm, this is like only my third week of doing that. Cause normally I do something every day, whether it be the gym or running or something. So anyway, I definitely, we're going to need to unpack that because, sure. um, because I, and what I want to do it after we talk about some of the races you've done. So it gives sure. everybody perspective on, 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 on what you're doing to train for these things. So, um, so what was your first, uh, ultra marathon, uh, did you, you said when you, you were doing Boston, you said you had to run, you know, you realized you wanted to run longer. Did you just jump into hundred milers or did you do some other things first? I, I did uh, a 50 mile race. Okay. Um, I, I did the Nashville 50 miler. So Nashville is only about two hours North of here. Okay. So myself, Stephanie, my daughter, Bailey, we went up there and I had a cold. Luckily I didn't have a fever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, yeah. you train and then on race day, it's like, I feel terrible, but, um, Actually, I did really well. Yeah. And um, after finishing, it's like, I'm ready to tackle this 100-mile race thing. You know, yeah. I'd heard stories about it. It was very mysterious. And yeah, um, I was like, I think I would like to try it. I may hate it. But yeah. so I did 150-mile race, and then I jumped into a 100-miler after that. And primarily, that's what I concentrate on now, 100-milers. Did you, um, how did your, coming from doing those, the marathons and stuff, uh, was, was this a, a, your 50-miler, was it on dirt? Was it, what, what was the course like? It was on asphalt. Oh, okay. Um, all right. And, and I have a lot of OCD. I'm an engineer, so, you yeah, know, I've yeah. got all my spreadsheets <laughs> and things like that. And, I'm with you. and, and during that, for that race, I had every calorie calculated. I had little Ziploc bags because my daughter Bailey and my wife Stephanie would meet me along the course and I'd have a Ziploc bag and it may have eight peanuts. And I'd calculated how many <laughs> calories eight peanuts would give me. Um, and what a, you know, a half a drink of Gatorade and, and the plan worked perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I felt really good, but now I just run based on how I feel. You know, I, yeah. I, I try to leave that OCD at home. I still have a plan, but yeah. I'm not as detailed as I used to be. So, so I'm going to, it's good to hear that because, because my wife always makes fun of me about my spreadsheets and everything else. But however, as I, as I've got more experience in running, I find kind of the same thing. I, I have a plan, but I, I, I lean kind of do the same thing. I lean more toward, all right, let's see how I'm feeling. Cause I know sometimes, you know, you know, your stomach goes south with this and, you know, you just kind of, you have to pivot sometimes. So you have to be, it, it's good to be flexible. You know, you can't be too rigid Absolutely. In your plan and plan yourself into the ground. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's good. So <laughs> every peanut uh, now I've planned, but I haven't planned that much, dude. That's, uh, that's hilarious. Oh, oh, listen, oh, listen to this. And, and um, earlier when I would finish a race, I would do a little race write up. Yeah. And I remember opening up one of the Ziploc bags and it was actually a, uh, a peanut M&M, it fell out of the bag and it rolled and I didn't pick it up. But after the race and my write-up, I subtracted the calories of that peanut M&M. 
that got away from me. That's great. Dude, that's awesome. Man, I could have got, I could have finished like 10 seconds faster if I ate that peanut m and Oh man. Well, I, I remember when my, and, and, and this is still not a bad thing to do, but my first hundred, my first ultra was a hundred and I had my watch would beep every half hour you know, for me to, and I would eat a half a cliff bar. And then I, the next half hour I'd eat uh, a gel and then a half a cliff bar and a gel, you know, and I had, I had all the kind of the same way, but I I wasn't counting peanuts, but I was, (laughs) I was counting those calories, you know, I I had my plan. Absolutely. No, that's good. And so, so what was your first uh, hundred man? And why did you pick it? Um, it was Pine Creek Challenge. Um, there's a couple that lives in Huntsville, Rob and Kathy Younger, and they're very accomplished ultra runners. And also they provide coaching services. Okay. So um, they had mentioned about our recommending um, my first hundred being a, a flat one. So Stephanie and I, we both looked at our calendar and found one in Pennsylvania. Pine Creek Challenge is on a rails to trails, beautiful course. Yeah. Um, so I chose that. Um, I believe that was in, in September. So for my Christmas present, um, the younger ones put together my, uh, my training plan. So Stephanie gave me that as a Christmas present. So nice. that's, um, and I did very well. Um, and, and what was fun about that race is very small. I, I actually like all different type races where you have a lot of, uh, participants and others I like that are very small, yeah. So this one was very small, but Stephanie was able to ride her mountain bike behind me. I think she rode 80 miles behind me. She could not provide me fuel yeah. unless it was at an aid station. And believe me, she rented a mountain bike and she did not bring her bike shorts. So believe me, being in the saddle on a mountain bike for 80 miles without a uh, 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 you know bike shorts on, <laughs> She had it a lot worse than me when I, I finished say, that race. She oh, was walking funnier so, than you. Huh? <laughs> she was. Oh my gosh. Oh, dude, that's crazy. Yes. Uh. So yeah, man. And I, I, I of course, I, I scrolled and I'm looking, and yeah. So you did your first hundred miler in a uh, sub twenty hours, man. Nineteen twenty two. That's 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 kind of, that's pretty cool. How did you? How did your body respond to it? And what did that first training plan look like? Well, the first training plan, as I mentioned, the younger has put that together for me. It was 16 weeks. Okay. And um, they had me running, uh, I believe it was five days a week. Okay. And um, and I adhered to that plan and it had me prepared. Nice. Now, um, I probably, my, if, it's, if it's more than 11 week training plan, it's too long for me. I, wow. I, I have a very short attention span. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anything after 11 weeks, I start getting bored and yeah. I start looking out the window for other things to do. So, and also at my age, it really suits my body. Now, yeah. earlier I said, I run twice a week. Let me correct that. That's when I'm running, um, uh, without tr- uh, a, a training plan in okay. mind. Gotcha. So just, so my base training point, or excuse me, my base mileage. Yeah. If I'm not training for a race, uh, I'll run maybe 20 miles a week, yeah. two days a week. And I'll, okay. as I mentioned, I'll get on the bike trainer um, I'll, I'll, for about 45 minutes and I'll go s- swimming um, yeah. and, and swim about 1200 yards. So it's just a very basic base. And then I, um, 
my training plan, I'll ramp up to, I, I, I basically the training plan, the young ones gave me my initial plan. Yeah. I've just, I've just modified that. So I never run over 64 miles. I think they had me at 64 miles peak week. That's what I do. I it's really? just kind of like my shoes. Yes. I find something that works and I stick with it. <laughs> I, 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 I wear two types of shoes, uh, you know, for the last, um, several years and I don't, I don't change from that. So, uh, <laughs> well, Hey man, it, it's, it's working for you and no, that's pretty, um, I, I, that's pretty good because I try to, I feel, I, I often feel like kind of almost guilty when my, when my mileage drops a little bit, you know, from, uh, to, from a base, you know, when I'm not going into a training plan, but you know, it's important, man, especially as we get older to, to do cross training and I, I love lifting. So I try to stay in the gym quite a bit, but, uh, but doing other types of cardio and, and that allows your body to heal from the last effort, you know, to really heal and all the little niggles and, you know, things like that, that we accumulate, you know, accumulate from, from heavy training. So that's, that's, I don't know, that's, that's pretty good to hear that, that you can back off and then ramp up and still, still run at a, at a, at a good pace and compete, you know, in these races. Absolutely. We, we all have other obligations outside of our interests yeah. and, and hobbies. So I have limited time. There's 24 hours in the day. And, yeah, man. <laughs> um, one thing that I have uh, realized, you know, just running that low mileage um, really suits me and my, my lifestyle. Of course, I've got uh, family obligations. Yeah. Uh, I've got my job obligation. And of course I have other interests and hobbies outside of running too. So, um, yeah. um, uh, it, I, I I've had success with my running based on my goals. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, based on my finish times, others would look at you are extremely slow, but, uh, for my goals, um, I, I'm very pleased. Yeah. And, and that that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm at a point and I've shared this kind of before with some of the, some of our you know listeners a little bit like this upcoming year with the races I'm doing, and we can talk about it a little bit in a little bit. Cause I want to challenge, I want to ask you a question about one of them, but, uh, the, um, you know, just the, the enjoying it and, um, not cause, cause I've, I've been kind of super hyper-disciplined with training to, to, to the extent where, you know, man, I'm just, I'm exhausted. And that's kind of what happened last year. I got burnt out. And that, um, you know, I was, by the time I got to my, 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 to Bigfoot, I was fried dude, you know? Um, and so, um, it was, it was probably too much and backing off a little bit, maybe my times will slow a little bit, but enjoying the journey a little more, a lot more, you know, from doing absolutely. That. And that's kind of where I am. Uh, cause like we said earlier, uh, it's still fun to chase the young whippersnappers and, uh, but it's not as, it's, 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 and I'm still going to do it, but it's not quite as important as, as it was, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And my wife keeps me in check. Um, I used to get, um, I wouldn't say nervous before one of my races, but, um, I would say probably get a little cranky because I'm very regimented, yeah. not as much as I used to be. And, um, so she could always tell, I can tell your race is coming up because you're, <laughs> you're getting a little cranky. You're not as talkative. And, um, I would say the last couple of years, um, she has noticed that uh, I have changed for the best. So I'm more laid back. 
um, probably more enjoyable to be around before my race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my wife probably could use a little bit of that for me. So that does, I mean, that might be a good thing, man. Yeah. My wife's Stephanie, she's a great sensor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's cool. Um, so, so you did Pine Creek, uh, and then evidently you're like, Hey, I kind of like this hundred mile thing. And, uh, because you know, you've, you've been, you've been cranking them out ever since. And so, um, you know, uh, just, just, scrolling through man i see iron horse i see vermont i see penhody i see i mean you just started started rocking them uh and so did you just kind of you know just continue on same kind of training and just just jump into them and and you know do your thing well after pine creek challenge um i started focusing on this race called Badwater 135 so that quick um, you, were, you were focusing on it huh I, I was. I just found this race intriguing. My yeah. body can take the heat. Um, when I actually ran the race in 2018, I had been to Death Valley um, five times, three wow. for the race, and then other two times um, just traveling through or a family vacation. So I just find Death Valley fascinating. And also the race and I've mentioned them several times, and I'll continue mentioning them. Um, Rob and Kathy Youngren, they had also run Badwater. I think they've run it twice each. Okay. And I just found this race fascinating. I told Stephanie, I was like, I think I would like to try to get in, and it's invitation only. Yeah. You don't just sign up. So after I ran Pine Creek Challenge, I started building my resume with the focus of trying to get invited for Badwater. It took me 1,100 mile races to finally get <laughs> invited. So wow. every race I did up until Badwater, that was the that was the goal to get accepted into Badwater. Wow, I didn't know that, man. So so you were just yeah, just just getting the experience, getting the uh, you know picking races that just give you that that resume for it, right? I, I, absolutely, and I was um, luckily I had the opportunity of. Uh, pacing and crewing uh, a runner by the name of Mark Olson, wonderful person, great runner. Yeah. Mark is in his seventies and he's wow. got, I believe seven bad water finishes. So he allowed me to help crew and pace him two years. Mm. And I was his crew chief um, uh, the year before I got accepted into bad water. And that's um, Chris Kosman, the race director for Badwater, he does an excellent job in uh, promoting the race as the world's toughest race. And I, yeah. I realize every race has its own little niche yeah. and marketing uh, campaign behind it. But um, Badwater is a, uh, a unique race. Uh, once you finish it, you're part of the club. It's, so it's a, it's a different type of race. But um, one thing you need to do um, before, most of the time, they will not invite you to uh, run Badwater unless you've crewed and paced another yeah. runner because you need to have that experience. If you have not experienced Death Valley <laughs> heat in July, you yeah. need to. Yeah. So um, uh, anyway, yes, focus yeah. was Badwater. No, that's 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 awesome because I didn't realize that. And I saw you, you know, you raced Cape, Cape Fear and I'm just I just want just so everybody here, you know, I want you, they want them to hear some of the name, you know, Rocky raccoon, thunder rock, 
a Georgia Jewel. I didn't know you you won Georgia Jewel. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it, it's, I, I kind of laugh, and it's all based on who signs up for the race. And uh, but I, I've I've been able. I was fortunate enough to run and win uh, two 100 mile races, but uh, uh, the other one was very very small. It was in Florida, but uh, yeah, I, I, I was able to um, win the Georgia Jewel, and it has a lot of elevation. And the reason. Um, I'm kind of laughing. Um, my time was not good. 27 hours. Um, oh, wow. I didn't even look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is not a good finish time. However, um, it was extremely hot, even though my body does good in the heat. It got up into the 90s. But the race director does a wonderful, wonderful job. It, oh, I when I finished the race, she gave me a hug. You know, how yeah, many race yeah. directors, you know, give you a hug? Um, her name is Jeannie Baker. So anyway, does a wonderful job. Um, however, that her first year, um, the course wasn't marked as well as it could have been. She was learning. Yeah. And I got, I went off course three times. Oh, so wow. I ran. Uh, about six miles longer than I should have. One time I missed the cutoff at the top of the mountain. I ran all the way down the mountain trying to find a trail. <laughs> I was in third place. I was doing really well. Yeah. You know, got off course, ran down the mountain, had to run back up. Uh, I found myself like in 23rd place. And, uh, and I worked my way back up. And little did I know I would get lost two more times. <laughs> so that's why yeah. the time finish time is so slow. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, wonderful experience. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then, uh, you did the, the keys ultra probably, you know, getting some heat training. I see long haul 100, uh, of course traveler and, and, and man, just, just building, building for it, man. And, um, so, and then you, then you finally got in. So I had, a, uh, my friend, uh, Walker Higgins from Louisiana, he, he ran in 2000, ran a bad water in 2019. And so he messaged me, um, you know, Hey, I just wanted to know, do you have any, um, inkling that you'd like to do bad water one day, because I'd like for you to come crew me, but you know, I want to give people the opportunity to come crew me who might want to run it one day. Um, and I was like, I'll be honest. I was like, man, I don't know, man, you may pick somebody else. Cause I mean, I'll come help you, but I don't know if you, I don't know if I want to run bad water. I don't, even though I'm from Louisiana, I, that kind of heat, man, I just don't know. <laughs> it, it is a different type of heat. And I, I, I believe the race is almost as tough for the crew that it is for the, um, the runner. They actually have more issues with the crews than they do with the runners because the most of the runners are in excellent shape. They're acclimated yeah. to that type of heat and low humidity. Yeah. Some of the crews are not. So mm -hmm. most of your medical issues are the result of the crews not being in good shape or prepared for it. I bet, man. Cause I mean, you, you, you can't run the, I mean, you can't run the vehicle the whole time the race is going on to have the AC, you no, know? No, so not, um, not at all. And, and then just being in hundred and how hot was, how hot did it get that, that year? It was pretty warm. It, it got up to 127 degrees. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy! Golly, yeah. I, yeah, I, I was when the race started. I they have uh, for the folks that are not familiar with the race. Um, it's 135 miles through Death Valley. You go over two mountain ranges, and um, the third mountain range that you're going up is the portals of Mount Whitney. 
Um, so it's on asphalt. on asphalt the entire way. <laughs> and I was in the third wave and the third wave is reserved for the faster runners. There and they go. invite, they invite a <laughs> hundred runners every year. And it was 109 degrees at the start at 11 p.m. They started at 11 p.m. Dude, that, that just kills me thinking about it, man. It, golly. Uh, so, yeah. So tell me, okay, what did you do to, 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 what did you do to, to heat train for this? I mean, you know, in Alabama, how did you, how did you do sure. it? Yeah, yeah. Gr- great question. And, and I really enjoy heat training. Okay. Um, what I would do, (laughs) yeah, I I do. So, um, my, my office is about, well, it's about eight miles from here. So I have a Jeep Wrangler, so it has a very good heater. So, uh, and and the race is in July. So probably about four weeks before the race, I would start doing heat training. So I would put on two layers of clothing, including sweats, get in my Jeep, turn the heat heater on full blast. And when this, if, if the sun was out with solar loading, I could get the temperature up to 140 degrees in my Jeep. So I would heat train going home. And once I got home, I would put on two layers up upper layers, uh, all black and I would run. And there's a wellness center um, a few miles from my house and they have a dry sauna and I would sit in that dry sauna with a long sleeve shirt on and I would have fluids and I would stay in there for about 30 or 35 minutes. And I would stay in there until it got unbearable to the point where it's like, I can't stay in here any longer. It got painful. Then I would get out (laughs) I would cool down for about 10 minutes. I would put my second layer back on upper and then I would run home in the sun or or in the heat of the day. This is probably three um, uh, o'clock in the afternoon in the sun. And I would do that, you know, basically every other day acclimating. And it was very, very helpful. Um, The, when I ran the race, I thought the heat, in Death Valley, as long as you had a good crew, the heat was always manageable. Mm. That that was yes. Wow, man that 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 sounds fun. <laughs> no, no, but that, I mean, hey, I mean that it it, it worked because I mean you placed uh, seventh overall, top uh, fifth guy. Man, that's that's huge, dude. For bad water, it worked. I, I, I was. I was very pleased with my time. Yeah, absolutely. When the race started, as I mentioned, it was 109 degrees. My ears started burning. I never had my ears burning. And it's 11 o'clock at night. And the blood was going to my ears and it was trying to radiate the heat away. So I would take my hydration flask um, and ice would stay in it maybe for about five, seven minutes. And then it would just be liquid. And I would put the flask over my ears to cool my body down. And before I would eat, I would put it on my tummy, on my stomach to cool it down to, uh. to help digest food. But uh, you, you forget you're in Death Valley. I remember my legs would be burning. It's like, why are my legs burning? Well, you know, the heat coming off the asphalt during the day may be 140, 150 degrees or higher. Yeah. And you would just forget about it. But uh, it got really warm. Did you, um, I, so, I mean, run, so running it, I mean, did you, 
how how was it like mentally? Did you did you hit some pretty good lows? Did you ever question that man? This is this is dumb. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I, maybe I won't finish this. I mean, did it ever get really bad for you? It really didn't. Um, That's awesome. As I mentioned, that yeah. was my fifth time being in Death Valley. Yeah. Um, so when that race started just recently, uh, I know that you've had her on your podcast, uh, Gwen um, Zawicki, I believe. Yeah. 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 So um, she interviewed me for her book along with you too. And I was telling her, it was kind of interesting and fascinating. I have never been more calm before a race than when I was at Badwater. Hmm. Um, it was really, it was eerily strange. And I think one of the reasons why I had mentally and physically prepared, I had been there, I knew what to expect. Um, so I was ready, but it was, it was real, real eerie because I was not nervous. My yeah. heart rate, if someone would have taken, I bet it was, you know, 45 beats per minute. Come on. It was extremely low and I was, I was ready. And yeah, um, yeah. I ran my own race. I didn't get competitive trying to beat some of those elite runners. And there were some elite runners that were at the start. All Oswaldo Lopez, Pam Smith, um, you know, 24-hour USA team, Micah yeah. Morgan, who's on the 24-hour USA team, Sally McRae. I didn't know him at the time. Bob Hearn, um, yeah. Harvey Lewis, Pete Kostelnik. Um, yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm standing along, uh, in, in, um, and Grant Mon. So I'm standing there with these elite runners and I'm not an elite runner, but I did not get caught up in trying to beat them. I ran my own race and yeah. I remember, uh, my crew chief, Andy Bassell, I had, uh, three crew members, Stephanie, my wife, Andy Bassell and Matt Humes. They did a wonderful job, um, about um, there's an aid station called Stovepipe Wells. It, mm -hmm. I think it's at mile 42. Um, I felt really good. And that was the first, and I never did ask what my placement was. Yeah. And I thought I was probably in the top 20. I had worked my way um, up to, you know, uh, top 20. And Andy just told me, he said, Stephen, I'm not trying to slow you down, but let me tell you who's just a few miles up in front of you. It was like Harvey Lewis, Oswald oh, Lopez, Pete yeah. Castellani. These folks have won this race. Just wanted you to know. So I just like, oh, my gosh, I need to throttle back. So yeah. I started slowing down. Yeah. And that was a good recommendation. Now, I continued going. Yeah. Um, I, I pushed it. I only stopped two times during the race at um, – <laughs> I think it was a mile, mile 47. I had to go to the bathroom. So I had to poop. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I sat on the toilet <laughs> Yeah. and the other time I didn't want to stop a second time, but Stephanie, I, my legs were burning mm. and, um, because of the sun and the heat. And I said, Stephanie, you've got to put suntan lotion on my legs. I wanted her to put suntan lotion on my legs without me stopping, you know, walking. <laughs> and Stephanie's like, Stephen, Stephen, you got to stop. <laughs> Hilarious. So I stopped. So yeah. that was my second time to stop during the race. <laughs> really? So the rest of the time you were just, you were, you did everything pretty much on, on the go while you I mean, stayed moving. Constant moving. Um, nice. Uh, it, yeah. If you want more details, I, I never pee stopping. I, I pee walking. So, really? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I've seen a, I've seen a, and, and those are my heroes. I haven't been able to master that, but I've seen a few runners pee while they're running. So yeah. I, 
that, that that's my goal. <laughs> so, so that's okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about this because this is hilarious. Um, so my second, uh, race, uh, was, uh, my second race of a hundred miles or more was, uh, the, the Rouge Orleans It's 126 miles on the, from Baton Rouge to new Orleans on the levee. It's, it doesn't exist anymore. That was the last year they had it in 2015 and I'm running and I see this was early in the race, like really early. And I see the guy ahead of me, um, his headlamp's kind of doing this weird side to side thing. And I'm like, what's going on over there? And when I, when I got to where he was, I saw this, this trailer, this liquid kind of going side to side in a zigzag. I was like, that dude was peeing. I was like, wow, this is a long race. Why just stop and pee, dude. I I won't go into detail, but I do have my own process that I use to to help me. Okay, maybe we'll talk off the air. Offline, yes. Might might, might be something I'm missing here. We we, we, okay, okay. We'll we'll get that uh, top secret tip after. That's pretty. That's pretty funny. All right. Um, I mean, to be honest, sometimes I'm like, oh, I get to stop and I get to stop for a second. I guess I'll go pee. (laughs) No, man. But but. Just just really like sincerely kudos on 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 that kind of I mean, a sub 30 at Badwater. Um, great job. I mean, because that is a tough race and, and to, to place where you placed in there against such an uh, uh, it's always a, a hard field at Badwater is never I mean, there's never any time where you're like, oh, you know, there's, <laughs> there's always some some guys that can get out there and crush it. Big names. But the thing about a race like that is, man, it's anybody can, can go down. Anybody can have a bad day and it, you know, and you ran your race. You, you just did your thing. And, uh, and, and man, you, you crushed it. That was, that's amazing. Well, well thank you. And, uh, my crew chief, Andy, I believe it was mile probably around 120 miles. I thought I'd worked my way up to the top 15. And he said, Stephen, I want to let you know you're in sixth place. And uh, we were coming into a town called Lone Pine. And that's right before you start climbing 4,700 feet up to the (laughs) portals of Mount Whitney. So you have a half marathon left going up 4,700 feet. Yeah. And um, he said, I I didn't tell you earlier because I wanted you to run your own race. And that was my plan. Mm -hmm. And my instructions to my crew before the race, let's have fun. Keep this race fun. But as I mentioned earlier, that race is tough on the crew members. You can't run the air conditioner in the car. Yeah. You're, you're, you're hot. You're stinky. You know, I've seen crews have meltdowns. Um, And I told them my instructions, you keep everything positive. Um, If there's an issue, don't you tell it to me. (laughs) Don't don't tell me your issues. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Everything is positive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, I remember getting to, a mile, 110, that's when it hit me. I'm tired. And I realized I still had basically a marathon to run, and I'm just tired. Mm. But just a wonderful race, um, wonderful experience. My crew did a wonderful job. So if, if anyone's interested, I encourage them to try to sign up. Well, I don't sign up, but try to get invited to that race. It's, it's a special race. Yeah. Are, are you going to try to do it again? Probably not. Um, okay. After I did it, uh, my wife, she started thinking about it. She said, Stephen, I think we can take some time off your finish time. You know, we can, we can, we can improve here. We can do this as a crew. You can do this. And, 
And of course, I'm getting older, but that's like, you know, I may be one and done because I, I did well. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Made some great friends, but I'm ready to do something different now. So that was such a focus for so many years. Yeah. And, uh, and then I moved on. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, man. I think that's good. You know, get out there, do it and then give, give other people a chance to, to do it too. And if you decide to go back, you know, Hey, good, but you know, whatever. It's all good. Right, absolutely. So, so I have to, uh, we, we we've got to talk about your, your race, um, that <laughs> shortly after that, I guess shortly, uh, the next year you did, you did the Spartathlon. I remember seeing that you got into the Spartathlon 246 K. What is that in miles? That's 153 miles, 100. I knew you would know exactly how many miles. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and do you have time? I know we're going over the, 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 the allotted hour. Okay. You good? No, I ha- I have, I have plenty of time. Okay. I just yeah. want to make sure, man. Cause I, I, no, I wanna... I'm good. I, I don't want to bore you or the uh, listener. So I, I enjoy talking about my running and, and other experiences and other runners too. No, man, this is great. This is, this is, this is, this is why you're here. I want to hear, I want to hear this stuff. So, so tell me about the, like, were you, was that something else that you were uh, trying to get into before, you know, along with bad water, or is that something that you're like, Hey, I want, you know, I'm, this is what's kind of next for me. Tell me about the, the story for that. It, it was not, um, I had, so it was not on my horizon. It okay. was not a race. I was trying to get invited. So very similar to, um, Badwater 135, you have to get invited to the Spartathlon. Okay. And for the uh, listeners that are not familiar with the race, it's actually held in Greece, uh, every year and you have to be invited in different and there are several different countries, and I'm not sure, maybe 40 different countries will put teams together. And um, the race started several years ago to commemorate the running of Pheidippides. I think it was 490 BC. So um, for the listeners, I love history. Oh, I <laughs> And David, I'll, I'll, I'll easily take you off on a tangent when it comes to history. So you're, you're going to have to reel me back in. <laughs> all right. All right. Keep going. Yes. Man. You're good. You're good. Go with <laughs> So in 490 BC, um, Pheidippides ran from Athens, Greece, um, through Corinth to Sparta because um, the Persians had invaded Greece. And this was right before the Battle of Marathon. So the runner Pheidippides ran 153 miles to Sparta to ask the Spartans for assistance to help them fight the Persians at the Battle of Marathon. So the Spartathlon is run every year to commemorate that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so that race was not on my radar. And yeah. here I go back to Rob and Kathy Youngren. Yeah. Um, they have run that race once before. And after I finished Badwater, Rob and I actually work in the same building. It's a very large building. He contacted me and, and told me, Stephen, based on your Badwater time, I believe you will automatically qualify for the Spartathlon. And I was just surprised. Yeah. And, and tell you the truth, I really didn't know that much about the race. Like, didn't you run that, Mark? Me, um, uh, Rob? Yeah. And he said, yeah, me and Kathy. So I, you know, I got online and I was like, 
wow, this is pretty cool. So I'll call up Stephanie. You want to go to Greece? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here we, here we went. And uh, yes, I automatically qualified for the race. Um, I was one of 16 um, USA team members. So we had some uh, elite runners on the team. Um, Zach and Nicole Bitter were part oh, of the team. Man, that's so uh, awesome. Marissa Lysak, who is really crushing it out there in the uh, 24 and 48 hour races. Uh, Dean Carnassus was part of the, the, the team. That's so, so cool. Yeah. You know, here, here I am. I'm just a good old boy from, you know, Alabama. <laughs> you know, yeah, I yeah. felt so out of place, but I was so humbled and appreciative of being invited. So um, that race was very special for me to get invited, but also it was very emotional. Um, my stepfather-in-law, Willard, just as me, he loved history and he loved Greek history mm. and he and his wife and my mother-in-law D had been to Greece numerous times. Not only did he read about Greece, he researched Greece and the history along with it. So I knew me getting invited to run the Spartathlon was, was special for him. Unfortunately, he was, he was diagnosed with ALS. Mm. So when I realized I was, um, um, going to automatically qualify. He was in the hospital, could not speak. Um, I'll let him know that um, I was going to go to Greece along with Stephanie and run this race. That's cool. He couldn't speak, but he gave me a thumbs up. Nice. And so that was very special. And um, so I dedicated my training to Willard and also the, the race. Unfortunately, he didn't last much longer. He um, uh, died a few weeks after that. Mm. But when I was able to run the race, um, his wife, Dee, my mother-in-law, gave me some of his uh, cremated ashes, and I took them in three different pill capsules. So I was able to spread Willard's ashes along the course. One pill in front of the Acropolis before oh, the race man. started. That's so awesome. The other one crossing the Corinth Canal. And then when I finished in front of King Leonidas, uh, King Leonidas uh, fought the Persians 10 years later. And if, uh, for the listeners who've ever watched the movie 300, well, we just watched King it again. Leonidas. We, we watched it awesome. again this week. For real. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome. My wife and I watched it again this week. Yeah. yeah. So Willard's ashes oh, um, are along the course. So yes. So the, the race was, was special especially uh, for Willard. Oh man, that's beautiful, man. And uh, what a, I mean, just the, the opportunity to go and to run in where there's so much history and then, and then also to be able to, to commemorate, you know, your, your stepfather's life, man, that's what a, what a, what an amazing experience. Um, and then to run with such amazing runners. I mean, you know, that, that's, uh, that's tremendous. It was it, um, I mean, I don't know. It had, I guess it had to be. Was it was it amazing? It was worth the trip. <laughs> it, it, it was. And uh, I'm, I'm very cautious to use this word, but it was magical. Uh, okay. No, yeah, that's awesome. It, yeah, it, it really was. So Stephanie and I, we went there. Um, this was the big stage for me. Once again, I'm not an elite runner, but there were a lot of elite runners there. You have elite runners representing 
numerous countries. Um, there was before the race, I just got stupid. I, I did. I got stupid. Um, <laughs> Because there was a time change. I think it was eight hours difference. I, I, I would just forget things. Um, <laughs> I, I remember um, Rolf Schmidt. Um, yeah. And um, okay. He, he beat Chad Rickliffe. I, I had the record at uh, Kansas, uh, the Kansas 100 miler, and he beat it the next year. I know. I know and we've, we've oh, talked yeah. about it and stuff. He's, yeah, yeah, we've raised Rolf, each other. Yeah. Yeah. Rolf um, was the first USA finisher. And uh, I didn't know that. All Chad right. Rickliffs um, was there too. And he's, he held or used to hold several 50 mile um, uh, races, um, uh, was part of the uh, 50 miler USA team. So, anyway, we were eating lunch including Stephanie. And I rem- it was that they mentioned, Hey, did you turn your drop bags? And I was like, yeah, yeah. It, it, I didn't turn my drop bags in. I completely <laughs> forgot about turning my drop bags in. So unfortunately it put pressure on Stephanie because she's the only crew member I have. So she's in a foreign country trying <laughs> to follow me 153 miles <laughs> since I don't have drop bags. You know, she's got to be there. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I just got, you know, I just got very forgetful yeah. um, before yeah. the race, but it was the big stage for me. You got, you got caught up in, in all the, I mean, I mean, who wouldn't though, you know, to, to be in, in that place doing that thing with those people. I mean, that's just huge. <laughs> it, it was um, <laughs> because of the time change, because I was nervous before yeah. this race, the night before the race, I did not sleep. And I'm not exaggerating. I did not sleep. I tossed and turned in the bed. So oh, man. before probably the most physically challenging race of my life, I did without sleep. And I remember standing there talking to Marissa in front of the Acropolis thinking I have not slept in hours. And here I am, you know, I'm hoping to finish before yeah. the cutoff time. The cutoff time, I believe, is 36 hours. And this wow. race, that's one of the reasons that, well, it's, it's tough for various reasons. It's very hot. Yeah. Um, and the cutoff times are very um, are strict. Yeah. Very strict. Um, and I did it without sleep. Mm. Yeah. And I was looking, I mean, I was, your time 34 hours is, is, is great. And, uh, but I didn't realize the cutoff was 36 for, you know, 153 miles, man. That's, that's not playing. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 I've never thrown up. I've got nauseous at different races. I got nauseous for the first time at Badwater. Yeah. Um, you know, slurring my speech. I never did throw up, but you know, uh, it sounded like I was intoxicated. But not only did I get nauseous um, during Spartathlon, I threw up four times. Wow. I had never thrown up before. So I'm laying on the ground four different times, puking my guts out. Mm. Um, but you're talking about being emotional and inspirational. I would think about my stepfather-in-law, Willard. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I'm, I'm, I'm laying there, Stephanie's rubbing my head. I just puked my guts out. You know, it's two or three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I've got vomit on my mouth and, and it's like, just think what Willard went through, you know, with his ALS. So I would jump up and I, and I compare that cutoff to the headless horseman, that headless horseman, he's right behind you, Stephen, you better get up and run. 
Yeah. And I, I made it, um, there's a, I think it's called Sangay, Sangaya Pass. It's the highest um, mountain that you go over before you start going into Sparta. Okay. And it's basically at mile 99. And um, I remember getting up to that, to that point. Um, and I made it there, I think it was like 20 hours and 30 minutes. So I basically almost have run 100 miles in right over 20 hours. And that's pretty darn good. Not yeah, bragging yeah. on myself. No, that's good. <laughs> and I and Stephanie told me about 40% of the runners had already dropped out or the cutoff had gotten them. Yeah. It may have been 40 or it may have been 60%. I, I can't recall, maybe 40%. Yeah. But when I got to the pass, I looked down and it's so beautiful. And this was two or three in the morning. You could see runners coming up the same path that Pheidippides did 2,500 oh, years ago. Um, you could see these little Greek villages in the, path, in the distance. I briefly looked back for like three or four seconds. I just tried to take it in. I never take a camera with me. Yeah. And then I took off running down the mountain. But I was only an hour and a half in front of the cutoff time. Oh, wow. I knew I had to get going or yeah. that headless horseman was going to catch me. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. It's a reminder. You know, we talk a lot about, a lot of people talk about your why, like why you're doing it. And you had a, you had a pretty powerful why for that race. You know, you, you were, you know, running to honor him and, and. Um, you wanted to do your best, man. So that gave you, gave you what you needed when you, you know, to dig deep and get up off the, get up off the ground, wipe your vomit off your mouth and go. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. And my oldest son has, um, Stephanie had communicated with my oldest son, Garrett. Um, I think this was maybe around mile 80. Um, and yeah, I had thrown up maybe three times before and, uh, I, I got up and I, you know, I, I just didn't feel good. And Stephanie's driving beside me and just said, Hey, I spoke with Garrett. Um, the only thing he said, Stephen, King Leonidas is waiting on you. you know, <laughs> I love it. I love and me, it. me being the emotional guy. I mean, I had, you know, I had that big old knot in my throat. I was holding back tears, but I knew I better get going. But just those little simple words of encouragement yeah. go a long way when you're, you're tired and you, yeah. you smell like a sewer, but you know, you can keep going. <laughs> yeah. I heard, uh, there's a, I think I saw, it's a shirt that, uh, that says, uh, run like Pheidippides finish like somebody else, because <laughs> the legend says when he gave his message, he died. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. And, and, and well, that's not real accurate, but he actually later, he went back to Athens to let them know, well, the Spartans have a religious right. ceremony. So he ran all the way back a few days later. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and what's kind of interesting going up that Sangaya pass, um, the same mountain that he went over um, uh, in the history books, they said that, um, that he saw the, the God, the great God Pan. So they believe that he was hallucinating going over that mountain. Oh, that's, um, that's one thing I've never done. I, I wish I could hallucinate. I've never hallucinated. So that's one of my goals. Is to <laughs> <laughs> well, 
hallucinate. So at 153 miles and vomiting and, and all that craziness, you hadn't done it yet. You hadn't done it at Badwater. So here, here's the thing I wanted to bring up. I'm doing I'm doing the Tahoe 200 again this year. Maybe you just need to jump up to 200 miles, Stephen. That's yeah. all you got to do, dude. Just Have just, you just, hallucinated? Just, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. <laughs> OK, I actually did it. Um, the one I was telling you about at 126 miles, um, I was very much sleep. We started at night. It was kind of one of those things. And into, I think, the second night um, and, and both the, the, the times I have for a Tahoe. And um, it's just that that sleeping awake, you know, like I'm, I'm running and I'm falling asleep while I'm running and I'm everything's starting to translate wrong. And I'm seeing people and cars in the middle of the woods and weird stuff oh wow yeah and you kind of okay. you kind of know it is but it, it's it's there it's it's so weird yeah did it scare you or were you concerned or you it it didn't really scare me uh th- that that one time the the i had two hallucinations for the rouge orleans one of them was there was a um uh i remember i saw a um a very colorful flowery van and there was a, a, a large woman wearing a flowery dress, handing me flowers on the side of the, <laughs> on the side of the trail. I don't know what that was about. And then the, the little later I, I, I ran, I actually changed course and almost fell off the levee because I saw this guy putting a, uh, I guess it was probably what, I don't know, six by 10 picture frame in front of me. So I ran around it. Um, I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that should be interpreted some kind of way or something, but, um, but, and then, and then like running Tahoe into like the second night, third night, you know, uh, second nights and stuff. It was uh, just seeing weird things out in the woods and, you know, you, it's just, um, nothing as specific as that, but, but really hallucinating, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's from sleeping awake. You get kind of confused. <laughs> okay. I, I want to be like David someday. I want to experience that. I always yeah. tell my kids, you know, it's about memories and experiences. So that's <laughs> uh, when I was running bad water, I was going up the, uh, the portals of Mount Whitney. I believe it was probably maybe 125, 130 miles into the race. And you go through a place called Alabama Hills. Huh. It has a lot of rock formations. So it's, it's early in the morning. It's dark, you know, beautiful, beautiful, starry sky. I'm trying to make myself hallucinate. I thought if I stare <laughs> at these rocks, I can make myself hallucinate. Well, I never did. You can't force the hallucination, <laughs> Stephen. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, I did. You mentioned falling asleep while running. I did experience that for the first time um, during the Spartathlon. It was probably... Mm, maybe 140 miles uh, into the race. It was probably about 90 degrees during the day. So the heat was coming back. Yeah. And I found, and I would try to run the white line on the mm-hmm. side of the road. And I found myself just drifting off the white line and running off the road. And I was falling asleep. Yeah. And since I had not been able to sleep the night before, well, I actually saw the sun come up twice during the Spartathlon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And so I would just talk to myself out loud, trying to um, um, tell myself to stay awake. I, you know, people that if they would have seen me like, he's really crazy. Well, probably was. But <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. Stephen, stop falling asleep. You know, keep, <laughs> you know, stay awake. Yeah. But it, it's a strange feeling, you know, you know, sleeping while you're running. Yeah, I've uh, and I've done the same thing where um, I've, I've talked to myself, sang really loudly 
trying to, you know, just kind of <laughs> whatever, trying to stay awake. And then you, like somebody comes up on you and you'd be like, ah, I wonder if they heard me singing or <laughs> yelling. You know, I've talked to my legs. Let's go legs. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> After I finished the Spartathlon, I believe it was 61 hours. I finally fell asleep. Um, I, I finished and I was, uh, I was laying down on this cot to rest. I didn't think I fell asleep. And Stephanie said, Oh yeah, you fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't remember that, but it yeah. had been 61 hours um, wow. before, you know, I took a quick nap. Wow. What, a, what an experience. Uh, well, well, man, you've done, you've done these, these, you know, amazing races and you've got to do these. So like, what do you, what's, what's I, I, I and, and then, uh, you you mentioned you kind of started these these 24 hour races is that kind of where you're going to focus for a little bit or is that uh just playing I, with that right now i i'm just kind of playing with it um i don't have any major race other than i'm still trying to get into western states uh, oh man you gotta get I in know dude That's, you how many you tickets know, do we, you have um i think this last year six years so that was 64 tickets so oh, next yeah. year will be so yeah, I've got to run another qualifying race. I told Stephanie I'll be in my 80s before I get into that race. So that's that's a race I still want to to get into. And you know um, I got in with two tickets, right? I know it. I'm so <laughs> jealous and envious of you and others. From yeah. my 2018 Arkansas Traveler. <laughs> anyway, I'm not trying to rub it in, but you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think Stephanie is, uh, yeah, she, she's more upset than I am. You know, I think she's, she's had it with Western States. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, yeah, for the listeners that are not familiar with it, yeah, Western States is a lottery and it's a, probably the most popular race to, to get into. So well, every year got it's into, tougher and tougher. I still haven't got into Leadville, dude. I tried this this year. I'm oh, waiting. Okay. I'm like, this is my year. I went run the, the, the 50 mile thinking it would help me. And, and they don't publicize how they do the lottery. So I think there's some shenanigans going on, you know? Oh, okay. I'm like, who I got to pay to get in this race? No, I, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'll, I'll try again next year, but yeah, whatever. good luck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, my last race was a uh, 24 hour track race um some friends um that i've met through ultra running have been very successful in these 24-hour track races yeah so it was intriguing i was like i think i might try that so i signed up for one um it was called the uh stingers all comers it, so that was um just south of atlanta this past november and uh it, it was a good experience uh, I'd like to do it again, but I wasn't pleased with the miles. So basically a 24 hour race, you just run or you try to run as many miles as you can yeah. on a 24 hour, excuse me, on a quarter mile track within 24 hours. So uh, a lot of my friends that I've met have been very successful and they'll get into a desert solstice. Yeah. And I thought, Hey, I may try to get, so that was my goal. <laughs> yeah. It was to run the minimum qualifying for males and it was 138 miles. So that was my goal. Okay. So I had my spreadsheet. I had all my, yeah, every mile, <laughs> absolutely. Every mile, the pace, you know, I had restroom um, breaks built, uh, you know, calculated in there. And um, anyway, it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up finished finishing in second place. Yeah. Um, but I finished right under 122 miles. So I, I think I could, um, maybe do 128, 130 miles if, 
uh, under the uh, good conditions. Yeah. But uh, once again, I don't like cold weather. It was 20 degrees cooler than the average. So it got below freezing. Uh, okay. Um, and I just hate cold weather. And Stephanie was there. She was miserable. And some friends of mine, Mike and Francesca Lee, they had never crewed before. Um, and they volunteered. And I told them, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. And they were there. They were miserable. But uh, uh, anyway, I think I could do better. I'm still yeah. intrigued with that format. Yeah. But it beat me up. Huh. I, I, I realize I'll never qualify uh, for desert solstice, but, uh, <laughs> or even get invited, but I think I could do better, but I have a lot more respect for those runners that can put in those high miles. Yeah. But anyway, I met some really interesting folks. Yeah. Um, I, I my experience was, it, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, I never complain during any race because I chose to be there. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I found myself throwing up twice, getting really cold, um, surprisingly, I worked my way up to first place and I was in first place for several hours. And then some young whippersnapper, 38 years old, <laughs> young whippersnapper. <laughs> yeah. He, he passed me and, uh, he finished, uh, with about three and a half miles more than me, but anyway, good experience. But after the race, I've never been so beat up than any other race I've run. I, I strained my left knee. Huh. Um, that I guess running so, that angle, you know, having to turn constantly be I, turning. I guess so that yeah. every four hours they would change direction, but it beat me yeah. up. Huh. Um, so I didn't run for four weeks after that race, but wow. uh, anyway, I'm still intrigued with it. Uh, yeah. I've got two, my two races I've signed up for this year and that's what I'm focusing on. Gotcha. I see, yeah. I see you signed up for Havelina, uh, you know, out in Arizona. That ought to be, ought to be fun. That ought to be in your wheelhouse, huh? Yeah. Yes. Oh, good. We'll go, we look for and what, what other one? Cause that's the only one I see on here. What other ones you signed up for? There's a, uh, I think it's called UT 4M. It's a 106 mile race in Grenoble, France. Ah. So that's the, that's the next one I'm focusing on. I, I, I probably won't run another race here. Uh, but this spring I I'm, I'm starting a new job. I'm going to have okay. some travel associated with it. Yeah. I've got so much things to do associated with the house maintenance and other things. It's like, so I'm going to focus on that, but it has over 74,000 feet of elevation change. <laughs> in 106 miles. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be a lot of power hiking with trekking poles. Um, but anyway, Stephanie and I, we're going to make a vacation out of it. So nice. it's in France, maybe going to Switzerland, but I've told my friends, hey, what better way to see the Swiss Alps than run through them and over them? So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And it's I'm, all it's yeah. all about adventures. I'm with you, man. That's I love getting to go somewhere and run it. That's how I experienced the Grand Canyon, Tahoe, all you know, never been, just go there and run it. And uh, like like we said, we get to see things in in parts that most people don't get to see. So it's 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 a cool adventure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, so do you, uh, two, two types of races, uh, do you ever think you might jump into or, or try to get into one of the, the two hundreds? Possibly. So, yeah. um, I really enjoy running and I've, 
I, I know about your, was it the Tahoe 200 or the Moab 240? I don't believe you were able to finish one of those. Actually, I, yeah, the Moab, I wasn't able to finish. Uh, yeah, I got overheated, threw up. And then this year, okay. I overtrained, I went into Bigfoot. I was kind of probably overtrained and I didn't finish it. So I got, I got two DNFs with, uh, with uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember seeing a picture that you posted. Maybe it was the Moab. I think maybe you're in the car with your wife. <laughs> my wife I took that David, picture. I was yeah. like, I think David's dead. <laughs> yes. my, my mom saw that. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so right now I enjoy running. Okay. And I believe those races require a lot of walking and power hiking. I got so you. Yeah. It yeah. may be yeah. for me in the future, but yeah. right now, uh Maybe not. Okay. But, no, uh, I, just curious, man. Just curious. <laughs> uh, now, what about, what about the, uh, now I haven't done one of these, but I'm intrigued the, the, the backyard uh, ultras, you know, running the yeah. 4.1667 mile loops until uh, somebody, you know, to the last I, minute absolutely. saving. Yeah. What about I'm that? I'm intrigued with that. Yes. Yeah. And, and um, Stephanie and I, you know, we're partners too. So generally yeah. she goes to most of my races and helps yeah. out. So I've asked her about it. She said, yeah, I'll be glad to support you. But also um, if you're out there for several days, yeah, um, yeah. you know, if it, you, you have to have leave, for, you know, away from work and other yeah. obligations, but yeah. I, yes, that, that does intrigue me. I would just like to see how I do against others. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the beautiful things about that <clears throat> is, is it's, a, um, I don't know, you don't have to be fast you just have to be resilient you know and and i don't know some some i don't know us, us older fellows might you know can hang in there for a while we'll, i don't know we'll see <laughs> yeah I, i'm not really fast but i i've, I've got pretty good in endurance and i actually yeah. get that from my dad he's 90 years old oh that's awesome um, still mentally and physically sharp and active um you know for the last 20 years he, he tells me periodically Stephen, I just don't have the energy like I used to. And he <laughs> still trucking up. <laughs> oh, oh, he, he he's my hero. That's awesome. Inspiration. So he still does all of his yard work and gets on the ladder and cleans out his gutters. And um, so um, any endurance that I have, I get from my father. That's cool. That's that's awesome, man. Well, uh, well, Stephen, man, it's been a, it's been a pleasure uh, visiting and catching up with you and learning stuff I didn't know. And uh, man, I, seriously, I look forward to I'll be cheering you on for your, you know, your races to come and uh, just man, looking forward to seeing what you do next and just want to encourage you, man. Keep keep on moving, man, because uh, us us older fellas need to just just keep encouraging one another. Hey, hey! Th thank you very much for those words of encouragement. Um, uh, I, I enjoy doing this. And I, um, once it's no longer fun, I'm going to do something else. I, yeah. I'm a restless person. I told Stephanie, um, I may pick up the fiddle and, and join a band. <laughs> that, yeah, um, you know, I, I've got. I, I'm not one of those that can just sit down and, and and not do anything. So I have to to stay active, and I encourage others too. Also, so uh, hey, I really appreciate uh, you inviting me on to your podcast. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm just very appreciative that uh, you would like to uh, uh, speak to an old fart like myself. <laughs> well, I, I sincerely hope we get to share some miles again, man, at, at a race, and uh, you know, just 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 hang out doing what we love uh, on the trail again. Who knows? Uh, you know, it might happen. Might happen in the next couple of years. We'll see. We'll see what our, our schedules look like. I hope so. All right. Well, you take care out there, man. And I'll be, I'll be watching. Okay. Hey, thank you, David.